Welcome to Rattled. How would you describe intuition? Is it a tiny voice in your head? A physical sensation? An emotion or a feeling? How do you differentiate between an anxious thought and a gut feeling that you should actually pay attention to? Some equate their intuition with divine guidance. Others call it a sixth sense or a hunch. Some people say it is simply our brain picking up on subtle clues from information in the environment to keep us out of harm's way. Sometimes my intuition practically yells at me, and the message is unmistakable. Other times, it is a soft, cautionary whisper. It might send me a little nudge like, hey, Maybe you want to hold off giving your notice on that job before you know for sure if the new one pans out. Or, you might want to slow down, there's an officer ahead. If I am distracted or if I find myself discounting the sensation, I will miss the warning and will almost always suffer the consequences. If, however, I pay attention and make decisions accordingly, I am always grateful that I took that pause. One of the greatest shifts I ever made in my life was moving from a place of certainty to the realization and awareness that I know nothing, and to assume that I have all of the answers is both narrow-minded and egotistical. Saying I don't know is one of my favorite perspectives. It allows me to be curious without judgment and consider possibilities that I would never consider had I decided that I had all the answers. There are many things in this life that we do not yet have answers for, intuition being just one of them, and I personally enjoy a little mystery. It's not knowing everything that keeps life a little more interesting. Today's story describes one of those mysteries. Certain details of the story will remain intentionally vague in order to protect the privacy of those involved. I'm Sam. And this is Rattled. It started to affect me the moment that I saw the address. I was working in a position where I traveled around the city and I met clients in their homes. And this was just like any other day. I logged on and reviewed the next day's assignments and I saw this address. And the moment that I saw it, I felt this sudden pang. My stomach dropped. I thought, hmm, that's weird. I looked up the location and I got the information from others who had already been there and there was nothing out of the ordinary for me to be concerned about. 
but I had this strange, really ominous feeling and this sense of dread that I couldn't put my finger on. I decided that I would put this stop right in the middle of the early afternoon. That way, plenty of people would be out, it would be bright and sunny. Part of going to see people in their own homes is there is a degree of risk that you take to do that, and safety is a high priority. You have to be mindful of your surroundings, mindful of where you're going, and also when you're going. The sun was shining, it was a beautiful day, and I started my drive over to this next location. I turned right to go down the side road to get into the entrance of the community. There was nothing about this road that should have raised alarm bells. This was not an area of town that we would have been warned to be on high alert for. This was just your regular, run-of-the-mill, average condo community. The street was lined with beautiful large trees and the community was in a natural setting with the trees left in the landscape. It was beautiful, but all I could feel was this heightened sense of dread, fear, and doom. And that familiar stone in my stomach, that feeling that I've noticed since I was a little girl. As I drove down this road, it felt to me as if the sun grew more and more dim, and this horrible feeling of sadness and fright and anger completely overwhelmed me to the point that I had to talk myself out of turning around. I got to the entrance of the community and it felt like the sun was grayed out. I passed the building for the 500s and then the 400s and that sinking feeling grew heavier and heavier until I arrived at the parking lot in front of the 300 building. By this time, when I parked, my heart was pounding. I felt this incredible sense of despair and anger and sadness. I wanted to immediately back the car out and drive as fast as I could. I parked in the parking spot and I looked around just to make sure I wasn't missing something that my body was on high alert for. There was nothing at all in the environment that should indicate this feeling. I parked beside this huge oak tree, took a deep breath, and got myself together enough to force myself out of my vehicle. Nobody was home. I waited several minutes and left a note to let them know I'd come by, and then I made a beeline for my car. As I left this community, the heavy and terrifying feeling slowly began to go away. As I went back out the entrance and toward the main road, it felt like the sun was suddenly being turned up, like on a a dimmer switch. It was just coming back up and everything was getting bright again. By the time I got to the main road, everything was fine. I no longer had those feelings. There was no heaviness, and it was really weird. I couldn't make heads or tails of what had just happened to me. Was it a panic attack? Was I having anxiety for some other reason? As soon as I left the area, it was like it had never happened, and the entire feeling and experience lifted. I went on to the next stop and finished up my day, and I just put it out of my mind. 
The people that I was planning to see got in touch and they asked if I could please come the next day. So the next day comes and by this time, I had convinced myself that this was a whole one-off. I must have been nervous for some reason or was being dramatic and there was no reason to feel this way. I was going to be fine. I already knew where I was going. I didn't have to worry. This is not going to happen again. This day was just as beautiful and sunny and bright as the day before. So I started heading in that direction. I turned right into that side road toward the complex and wouldn't you know it all began to happen all over again. The closer I got, the heavier it felt. The sensation of dread, that dark, heavy, stone-like feeling, it just grew and grew and grew. My heart began racing. I felt like I had to run away and get out of there. So I turned into the community. And just like before, I passed the 600 block and then I passed the 500 block and the 400 block. And by the time I got to a 300 block, it was all I could do to get myself to park my car underneath that huge oak tree. It was as if somebody else was talking in my head, saying, it's not fair. Why me? It's not fair. It's not fair. I can't believe this happened. Of course, I couldn't just turn around and leave. I had a job to do. So I took several large breaths and I calmed myself enough to leave my vehicle and knock on the door. I honestly don't know how I was able to do what I needed to do while I was at that visit because the entire time that I was trying to talk, all I could hear was somebody else basically talking in my head. They were mad and they were upset. All I could hear was this thought in my head saying, it's not fair. Why did it have to happen like that? I can't believe this. I had to make an extra effort to focus. It was sensory overload. In the moment, you know, I'm trying to be professional and make sure that I'm aware of my surroundings and stay safe generally throughout the visit, which is something I always have to do. You know, and then I'm trying to handle whatever is going on with my body and my own feelings, my own brain, without hopefully anybody noticing. That was a lot to juggle. I finished up and I quickly got back in my car. As I pulled out of the parking lot, those heaviest feelings, they began to dissipate. I turned down onto that side road and just like the day before, the entire world slowly brightened up again. But this time, there was something that stayed with me for the rest of the day. It felt like a little cloud, this very dense feeling that just kind of hung around me, and it would not leave. 
I had this strong sense that something really bad had happened there. I had no reason to feel this way, but I could not shake it. Late that night, I finally had some time to myself, and I decided to look up the neighborhood. Almost immediately, a news article popped up. Almost exactly two years ago to the day that I went, there was a drive-by shooting in the parking lot of the 300 block where I was visiting. There was a man there. He went to visit his family that day and he was outside when the shooting occurred and he tragically lost his life there. On top of this heartbreak, there were no suspects, no motive, and the case was unsolved. As I spent time reading through the details of what had happened and the description of this man, I felt such a sense of sadness for him and his family. There was no justice. They had no leads. Half a dozen children lost their father, who was just there to visit family. It was also senseless and tragic. I sat with everything that I had learned. The case was public and the family had shared the name, and I realized that I had likely parked in the very spot where this person had been shot. The rising feeling of dread and impending doom and anger that grew and grew until I reached that spot made a lot more sense then. The thoughts that took over my head earlier in the day while I was in that area were probably me picking up on the events that had happened there. I could still feel this energy around me and there was just this very strong sensation that this shouldn't be happening, but also this feeling of being forgotten and unloved and unwanted, almost like the rest of the world moved on and nobody cared. I just decided to talk to him. It felt pretty strange to do this, and, and I was aware of it. I could just be talking to the air, but I had to set all of that aside for a second and just address what I was feeling. I said his name aloud. And I told him that I would read about what happened to him and acknowledged that, no, it wasn't fair. I said that I was so sorry that this happened. I really wished it didn't, and he didn't deserve it. It was a pretty emotional moment. You know, I didn't know this person, but I could feel so many things. I spent some time looking at his picture that they had posted in the news article. I hoped that he would find a way to find peace. 
immediately after I finished this conversation with myself or a spirit or the air, I could feel that heaviness and that energy that had been hanging around me the entire day. It finally started to lift, like a big sigh. I can't prove it, but it felt to me as if this person just needed somebody to know their name, to be acknowledged, to know what happened, for someone, anybody to care. As always, I leave it up to the listener to make up their own mind about what they think happened and why. I myself have come to no conclusions. I still struggle to put a label on it. I think that the spirit or the energy or the essence of this person, whatever you want to call that, I really think that somebody needed to know what happened to them, to know their name. For whatever reason, it just so happened that I showed up and and for reasons that I still cannot explain, I could not help but notice. At the end of this month, it will be three years since this person's life was taken. I still look up the open records from time to time to see if there are any updates. As of the time of this recording, the case remains open. I can only hope and believe that one day, those who are responsible will be identified and that his memory and his family will find justice. Thank you for listening to Rattled. If you have a story I'd love to hear about it, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok at Rattled Podcast. Rattled, rattled, rattled.